Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth. Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast uh, continues to enjoy inclusion on lists of the best podcasts to listen to for uh, business, sales, leadership, uh, topics like that. And that is because of the great guests who have joined me over the years uh, to have a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. That way you can get the information you need, the answers you want, uh, and ideas and suggestions that you can implement in your business. Today is no different. My guest today is Stephanie Lawrence. Stephanie is a credit specialist with 12 years of experience working on improving personal credit and building business credit. After struggling with her own credit challenges and paying double-digit interest rates, she said enough is enough and went on a mission to improve her own credit score over 200 points. Now it's her mission to help small business owners establish the credit needed to fund their business so they can double their purchasing power and increase their cash flow. Thanks so much for joining me today, Stephanie. Yes, thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be here. Well, I am very pleased to have you here. We're going to talk a lot about credit, and I think this is one of these subjects that people sort of get, uh, sort of don't get, don't know where the line is between personal and business and see an awful lot of um, ads. Uh, you know, on TV and the internet and whatnot, talking about this. So getting a better understanding, I I think, is valuable for everyone. Yes, definitely. So I want to start with um, asking you to share with the listeners why credit is so important in the first place. 
for sure. That's a, that's a really good question. And I'm glad that you actually brought up the media as well, um, because they really, you know, do brainwash us uh, to, to believe certain things. Um, but credit is so important in today's society because it really determines, you know, whether or not you can move, whether or not you can achieve certain goals that you set out for yourself, be it may, you know, home ownership or getting a new job or starting your own business. And so achieving those goals come at a price that you have to pay. And so, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are struggling um, with challenge credit. And then without good credit, you know, you really are paying more. Um, so if it's either higher monthly premiums or, you know, high interest rates, like myself, I fell into that category. I was paying a 24.5 interest rate on a, a truck. And, um, you know, that meant I was paying for that car like three or four times over than, you know, the, the purchase price. And so, you know, sometimes you have to, you know, be subjected to high security deposits when you're applying for utilities um, or even a cell phone. Um, so, you know, it's really important and a lot of people don't know that a lot of things that you're doing in your day-to-day -day life really revolves around credit. You know, even your insurance policies are dictated by your credit score. So some of my clients are even, you know, prevented from getting a job promotion um, due to their credit issues uh, because of security clearance issues. Um, so, you know, if you really wanna be able to pay lower premiums and lower interest rates and live an easier life, you know, you really wanna pay attention to your credit so that you can achieve your goals faster. Um, but literally everything in today's world is run by credit. It's amazing. Yeah. It really, you know, it, it it used to be it was just for, you know, making some of those bigger purchases like a house, a car, mm -hmm. a truck, whatever. And now it, it just influences everything that we are attached to, it feels like. Absolutely. It really is. And I think as we are into the world, we're not really privy to that. And so we ignore it, right? So a lot of us are, you know, either don't know about it or we're ashamed or we're scared to even check it um, because we don't know the impact that it has on our daily lives. But it really can be the difference between, you know, getting a job, a job promotion or not. And, you know, we all want, you know, a better job, a better salary. And so those things matter. Yeah, boy, mm -hmm. it is crazy. Yeah. So can you talk some about how a credit score is calculated? Sure, definitely. So um, this is one thing that I truly believe that once you master this part, then everything else kind of falls into place. But you really, really, really have to understand the key factors that calculate the credit score. And knowing these key factors can make or break your credit status. Um, so this is what I really, really um, educate people on is mastering these factors so that it'll separate you from those with a 500 credit score and those with a 750 credit score. So the scoring model that's used the most is the FICO credit scoring model. And so the first key factor that is used to calculate your credit score is your payment history. So I know we hear this all the time, right? Pay your bills on time, pay your bills on time. But <laughs> it's not just that, like it really has a huge effect on your credit score. It is the largest component. Um, it really makes up 35% of your score and that amounts to about 185 points of your credit score. 
So it's really, 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 yes, a huge chunk is your payment history. So it's really, really important to pay your bills on time all of the time, not just this month or next month, right? All of the time. So what they do is they calculate all of the accounts you have and all of the on-time payments. So the more accounts you have open with all on-time payment history means you have a great score. So one method I would, um, you know, suggest to ensure that you don't miss any important payments is to set up automatic payments with your bank, right? So those bills are always paid on time and received on time to give your credit score the best chance of improving. Um, so a lot of people complain that, oh, I just missed this one payment, you know, I went on vacation or I forgot. And, you know, this would eliminate that from happening because one late payment, one 30-day late payment, Diane, can really cause up to a 100-point decrease in your score. Wow. Yes, yes. It's really that serious. <laughs> it's really that serious. So strongly, strongly recommend paying attention to your due dates and uh, making sure all of your payments are on time. So the second key factor in calculating your credit score is your credit usage. And a lot of people don't pay attention to this one. This is probably one of the major ones um, that I really stress um, the importance of because it makes up 30% of your score. And that's about 165 points, okay? So a lot of people don't focus on this factor because they're busy, you know, oh, you know, I don't have the cash right now. So they put it on a card and, you know, Christmas comes around and then you just start spending and putting it all on the card. And then before you know it, your cards are maxed out right? Or you have a car issue until so you put it on your credit cards and you don't pay attention to the fact that those balances are so high. But if you're constantly maxing out those cards, it's going to severely and negatively affect your credit score. Um, so for this, what I recommend is keeping your usage below um, 10% and that can drastically increase your credit score. Um, you'll hear a lot of gurus out there recommend keeping your usage between 30 and 50%, but that's still really high, right? When it comes to the credit scoring model, it's still really high. So it doesn't give you the best chance of improving your score above 700. So what I recommend is keeping it below 10% and paying attention to your usage. And then a lot of us business owners do fall into that trap as well because we're trying to fund our business. And so, you know, the credit usage does get away from us sometimes, but I try to, you know, suggest to keep it below 10% as much as possible, and that's where you'll see the increase in your credit score. Now, the third factor is your length of credit history. This makes up 15% of your score, and so it's very simple, you know, the longer you have an account open, the better. So here, you just don't want to close any old accounts because that shortens your credit history um, when they take the average, and therefore that lowers your credit score. So you want to be sure that once you start building credit and paying the credit on time, that you keep those accounts open because it adds a lot of value to your credit history. So once you have years of history, that'll um, help you build a 700 plus credit score. Then there's two more key factors. So the fourth is applying for new credit. This is 10% of your score, about 55 points that it comes out to. And you just don't wanna apply for too many accounts in a short period of time. If you are car shopping or home shopping, you know, keep it limited into a 14 day, 30 day window. So you don't have too many inquiries counting against you. 
And, um, you know, it makes you look unstable when you apply for too much credit. And then it makes the creditors view you as a high risk. And we don't want them. They, you know, you don't want them thinking that, you know, you're desperate. They can smell the desperation just by looking at your credit report. <laughs> and we don't want that. We want them to look at us as credible, as trustworthy, and that they have a you know, a good amount of risk to take on us to extend us credit. So we don't want to make them look like, you know, we're just fishing for money from different places. And so that's why you want to keep your increase at a minimum. Two credit increase within a two-year time frame is really good. And then the last key factor that calculates your credit score is your credit mix. This is also 10% of your score and accounts for about 55 points. And here, it's just really good to have, you know, various types of credit. So you want to show a good mixture. And what this does is it shows them that you can not only just pay your credit card bills on time, but that you know how to manage different types of credit. So they don't want to see just credit cards on your profile because, okay, you can manage your credit card payments, but what about a car loan that you have to pay over five years? Can you manage that for five years and pay it on time every single month for those five years? What about that student loan that you have? that you have to pay on time for the next 10. I mean, I hope it's not too long, <laughs> but you know what I mean? You know, that extended period of time that you have that loan open, if you can make those payments on time every single month for the extended period of time. And that's what they want to see. A few retail accounts like department store accounts, a mortgage loan, a personal loan, and then a few credit cards um, to show that mix, to show that you can manage different types of credit with different responsibilities of repayment. That's what that shows them, all right? So th that's what they're judging you on. And those are the five key factors that make up your credit score. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. I so appreciate that information. I had no idea. Absolutely. Yeah. Boy. Education is okay. key. Education is key. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. You are not kidding. Because when you understand it, then mm -hmm. you can make um, informed decisions about what you're doing. You know, it's hard when people say, oh, just do this, and you don't really understand the impact that it has. Exactly. It's too easy not to. Exactly. You make better financial decisions once you right. understand it. So that was a good point right there. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So so now let's talk about the credit report. Like how, I'm not really sure even how I want to ask this question, but so I'll I'll give an example. When I think it was Equifax or Experian, one of them was hacked. Mm -hmm. uh, my mother said, you know, she's in her 80s, and she said well, I didn't give them authorization to have my information. It's like, okay, well, they do, and they mm. have everybody's information. So how, how does that, you know, like, I know it sort of tracks your payment history and stuff, but can you talk some about what that really is and how people should go about getting their own so they can see where they're at? Yes, 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 yes. So everyone um, is going to have a credit report. Um, so whether you have any information in it or not, <laughs> you are still going to have a credit report generated. So you may not have a score if you don't have any open accounts, but you will have a credit report generated. And what it is, is just the data of your financial history. And so it's like a snapshot. It's like your report card, right? You know, back in school, we had our report cards of our grades of how we're doing and testing. And this is a report card of our financial decisions. And so whenever you 
are extended credit. Let's say you go to Target and you apply for a Target card and then you start making your payments, that payment history is reported to the credit bureaus. And that is what your credit report is showing. So all of your payment history with all the accounts that you have open that's attached to your social security number. And so when you fill out that application, if you fill it out accurately, sometimes the people with the credit bureaus, when they're entering your information, they're human, right? So they're, they're bound to make mistakes. Like it's just, a part of life, right? And so when they enter that information, it is very likely that a mistake has happened, right? An error has happened in the way that they transferred the data. So what we wanna do is we wanna be sure that we're pulling our credit reports, reviewing them regularly to be sure that those errors are not causing damage to your score. So your report is gonna be separate from your score. Your report is just showing the data of your financial history. What type of payment history do you have? How long have you had credit? Um, your personal information, like your name, your address, your date of birth, um, your employer. And so what you wanna be sure is that it is 100% accurate. And so if there are any errors, you wanna be sure that they're corrected because it could be causing damage to your score and causing your score to drop or be in the lower end when it could be higher. So it is not their responsibility to ensure that you have an accurate credit report. It's just their responsibility to house the data, right? And so what I encourage everyone to do is to always obtain a copy of your credit report at least twice a year. So every six months, um, I would really, really recommend having credit monitoring where you get alerts every month so you know what's going on. But for those who don't even check it at all, I would definitely recommend that you definitely, you know, look at it at least every six months. See what's on there. Sometimes things that you've never seen before may pop up. You know, credit merges happen all the time with someone else's file or something that just doesn't belong. And so you wanna be sure that it's not something negative that can cause you a denial if you go try to get a proof for an apartment or something. And so that's why it's so important to review what's on your credit report. And what I find is really funny that most people since they don't know how credit score works and things like that, they're always like, oh, I don't want to look. I don't want to pull it. I don't, I don't know what it's going to say, right? <laughs> they're always just hesitant. And so I, I usually say, no, let's just take a leap of faith. Let's just, just look. We can't fix it if we don't know it's there, right? And so then we pull it and then they're like, oh, it's not as bad as I thought. <laughs> <laughs> So I really, really, you know, urge you guys to just pull the credit report, um, review it every, you know, six months. You're entitled to a free one once every 12 months. So at least do that. You know, you're entitled yeah. to a free one at annualcreditreport.com once every 12 months. So at least pull that report and see how accurate it is. If it's 75, 80%, 90% accurate, that's not good enough, right? The law, the federal law says that we are supposed to have a 100% accurate credit report. So it's our job as consumers to make sure that that's the case and that our credit reports has the right information to help us get the credit approvals that we know we deserve. That's great. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. And then but what if we find an error or, you know, something that's negative on it? What do we do? Yeah, so if you find an error, so the media and uh, the online credit websites, 
and credit monitoring sites make it very easy and very convenient for you to dispute those errors online directly on their website. Okay, and you don't want to do that because they're not really doing a proper investigation. And so they make it convenient for you so you could just do it quickly, get it over with, and then not get the results that you're actually looking for. So you definitely don't want to do that. I want to definitely lead with that <laughs> because they make it so easy for you guys. Um, and that's the first resort. A lot of people say, oh, well, I've tried to improve my credit. I've, I've done this. And I'm like, okay, well, what method did you try? And they're like, oh, I, I disputed online. No, 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 no. <laughs> so what we want to do is locate the exact errors that you find, and then you want to write a simple, polite, straightforward letter to the credit bureau. Like it doesn't have to have a whole bunch of legal jargon. You don't have to quote a bunch of laws because guess what? They already know the law. <laughs> they know what they're yeah. supposed to be doing, right? <laughs> you don't need to sound like an attorney. Don't pull a letter offline um, because a million other people are using that same letter. <laughs> and so they're going to recognize it. So you just want to write like an actual disgruntled consumer that you found this error. You need their help with correcting it if they would issue an investigation and correct the error. So you wanna tell them exactly what you want them to do. Hey, I found this issue with my credit report. I need your help. Please remove this inaccurate item from my credit report. I appreciate hearing back from you within the next 30 days. Thank you so much for your help. So you don't wanna come off as harsh or you know aggressive using foul language, you know, you're probably upset because your score is not where you would like it to be. But, you know, if you want them to do you <laughs> a favor and do the investigation, you definitely want to be polite, um, just as if you were to call a creditor on the phone. So yeah, just a straightforward, simple, straight to the point, um, short letter, like you don't want it to be two, three pages long. And just tell them, you know, what you found and what you want them to do. I did find that some people will point out the error but they won't tell them what they want as a result. So the credit bureau will come back and respond with no results, right? And then you think oh, credit repair yeah. doesn't work. But in that letter, you have to be very clear on what you want them to do. So after you write what the error is, like, hey, you're reporting I owe you know, $795 and I don't owe that, right? So you write that and then you say, please delete this item from my credit report. Or if you want them to update the item, then you say, please update my credit report to reflect what you want it to reflect. So you see how it's very clear on what you're yeah. asking? Yeah. So you want that included or they won't do anything at all. Okay. So they're trying to <laughs> maximize their part of the deal because when you have a low score, they're making money off of our scores, yeah. right? They're making money two, three times over with us having low credit score. So they're not going to go out of their way <laughs> to fix those errors so that you can have a higher score. So it's up to us to really do everything in our power to be sure that we're getting the results that we're looking for. Yeah, that's a really big point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to take a quick sponsor break and then I have some more questions for you. Sounds good. Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen to them on any device, including whatever you're hearing us on right now. And if you sign up at our link, which is audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, you get one free audiobook and a one-month trial of the service. 
Some examples of books you can listen to on Audible.com are Everyone Deserves a Great Manager by Scott Miller and The Ultimate Sale by Justin Goodbread. So visit audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, explore the books that are of interest to you, and receive one free audiobook when you sign up for the trial. Today we're speaking with Stephanie Lawrence about funding your business with business credit. So, Stephanie, let's talk about credit rebuilding strategies that you think are, um, that you would recommend. Yes. Uh, let's see. So credit rebuilding strategy. So if you're struggling with anything, um, let's say less than a 600, I would definitely recommend starting with applying for a secured credit card. And so what this is, is that you're putting down a security deposit, which is collateral. In exchange, they extend you a credit card. And so I would recommend a minimum of $200 or $300. You put that down as a security deposit at the bank and they will issue a, a credit card and that becomes your credit limit. So once you get that credit card, you can use it. Again, keep your usage low, keep your balances below 10% and always make your payment on time. This will hugely, hugely help you rebuilding your credit score and then show them that your, your credit worthiness is uh, you know, up again and that they can trust you with credit again. Another thing I would recommend is pay attention to your statement closing date. So this is something that a lot of people don't know. And once I teach this strategy, it's a payment strategy, it increases your credit score so much. So instead of paying by the due date, I would recommend paying your bills before the statement closing date. So usually you'll find this date on the top right-hand corner of your credit card statement. And when you pay before that date, that's the balance that they're reporting to the credit bureaus. So a lot of time, even though you're making your payments on time, if you haven't met that date and your are so high that's your score because remember your credit usage is a huge percentage of your score so if that balance is high every single month even though you're making on-time payments that 30 percent is still a factor in where your score is going to be so i would recommend paying your bills before the statement closing date to give you that boost in your credit score um, that you usually don't see and then, you know, definitely uh, having a mixture of credit, you know, if you only have credit cards or if you only have installment loans, definitely make sure that you have a good credit mix. If you don't have any installment loans, you can do a secured loan with your bank or a self-lender loan to show that you can make payments over an extended period of time and make them on time every single month. So you want to focus on the positive. Even if you have negative items on your credit report, and we talked about you know, what to do if you found those errors, but we wanna focus on the positive. And a lot of credit improvement programs don't focus on this. And this is the reason why after you get those deletions of the negative items, you still are stuck with a low score. Because what they're judging you on and what they're giving you points for is the positive stuff, right? How many on-time payments do you have? What's your credit usage? How long have you had this positive credit history? So if you're lacking in that area, your score is gonna reflect that. So we wanna focus on the positive. If you have a family member that you're close with and they have great credit, you can be added as an authorized user onto one or two of their credit cards. That's uh, uh, something called piggybacking. And it's one of the 
fastest ways to improve your credit score because there's no credit inquiry, there's no risk to the account holder, and then within 30 days, you see the benefit of adding that account onto your credit report. So you wanna definitely be sure you're asking the right person, someone with great credit, pays their credit bill on time, all of the time, and keeps a low balance so you can benefit from it. But it really is one of the best strategies out there. And why it works so well is because there's no risk to the account holder so they don't have to feel leery about the process because they never have to give you access to that card, right? When it comes in the mail, they can shred it, they can cut it up, whatever they wanna do. Um, but you never have to have access to it or use it. So it's really a win-win for both parties if that person is willing to help you out. So those are um, some of my top tips to help you rebuild your credit score. But I really, really, really wanna stress paying attention to focusing on the positive, on-time payment history, and as many positive accounts as you can. Yeah, boy, th that is just, those are great tips. Yeah. We really appreciate those. Now, let's talk about if you're someone who has good credit and you have a family member who needs a cosigner uh, and, you know, you want to help them out, is that wise to do? You know, Diane. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to burst some bubbles today. <laughs> Go ahead. We can take it. Okay. So family, we love you. Okay. Let's start out by saying that. <laughs> we love you. But when we work so hard on our credit and, and I'm very, very, very transparent. I'm very tough with my clients. So I let them know that is something that I just do not advocate. Um, it's something that you don't want to do. You don't want to co-sign for anything for anyone. And I'm sorry to say it, family included. There are just so many horror stories. And when you find out who that person was, who had who they co-signed for, nine times out of 10, it happened to be a family member. And yeah. so it, it's sad, but you know, your credit, you have to protect it. Like you really have to protect it because it can change and drop at the drop of a dime. Like I said, that one 30 day late payment can cause you a hundred points. And then it's so hard to rebuild it again. So no, no co-signing for, for anyone. I'm sorry, you know, we have to be strict. It's something, like I mentioned in the beginning, it can be something that causes you a job offer denial, right? Yeah. Or, you know, you being able to move. It is really important, like all of our moves. You know, a credit score is so important. It means more than having $100,000 in the bank. I can assure you of that. So having the confidence and the ability to be able to walk into a dealership or go to the closing table and sign your name, right? And then have great rates and monthly premiums because of that is really important. You're gonna pay too much if your credit is damaged. So, um, you know, you're taking on a huge responsibility for someone by co-signing. And if anything happens and they can't make that payment, then you're gonna have to be willing to step up and make that payment or your credit is gonna struggle and be damaged. Yeah. So, you know, if you're willing to do that <laughs> to secure your score, then okay. But other than that, I would say no. I highly advise against it. And I know, you know, we want to help our loved ones, but the best thing you can recommend for them is to repair their own credit. 
use that investment or whatever it is and to put towards their credit improvement so that they can be on their own, stand alone and be credit healthy, make better financial decisions, and then they won't need a cosigner. So that's the best advice you can offer a loved one, to be honest with you. And if you have great credit, you know, I'd rather you add them as an authorized user on one or two of your cards, give them that boost they need in their score, and then yeah. give them other credit tips so that they can be credit worthy on their own. But I highly advise against co-signing. You don't want that headache, that heartache. I mean, families get into fights and yeah. don't talk to one another over credit issues. I've seen it many, many times over the past 12 years. So it's very, yeah. very serious. You don't yeah. get, you, you don't want that in your family dynamic. So don't let credit uh, cause a, a rupture in the family. So I would say, let's, let's not do that. <laughs> <laughs> As you were talking about that, I was thinking, yeah, like the only way you can do it is if you are the one planning on paying the loan, like if it's yeah. a car loan, right? Yeah. And you yeah. want to help someone like your kid build their credit because they yeah. don't have any, but you've got to know you're the one paying that every month. Exactly. You have to yeah. be willing to step up, have the resources to cover it just in case, like, you know, in the back of your mind that you're also securing this loan or this credit card. Right. And so you have to be in a position financially and mentally to say, okay, since they can't do it, fulfill it, then I'm going to yeah. have to fulfill it myself just to protect my score. So if you're not in a position right. to do that, then don't co-sign for anyone. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, good. Glad, <laughs> I'm glad, I <laughs> glad we got that out. Yes, we um, have to get that out there. Yes, we do. So, okay. So, so now let's talk about building business credit. Is it possible to do it without using your personal credit score or having to give a personal guarantee? Absolutely. It is very much possible. And you know what? 90% of business owners just don't know that. And so they're out there struggling, you know, for their business to grow or even get started due to a lack of capital. And then they're funding their business with their, their personal credit cards, with their savings, with their nine to five income and, you know, running dry because, you know, you're going to run out of money and then your credit's going to take a hit. And so then you get stuck. So there is definitely yeah. a way to build business credit without a personal guarantee or a personal credit check. Um, Cause it's going to be tied to your business tax ID number. So it's linked only to your tax ID number and based on the business's ability to pay. So you don't have to worry about, let's say you have a 580 credit score, right? You don't have to worry about building business credit because even if you have those personal credit challenges, you're building business credit strictly for the business and linked to your tax ID number. So that's one of the awesome benefits of actually building business credit. If you are a business owner, um, it definitely helps you get access to more credit that can allow your business to flourish and grow and just give you more access to money to be able to um, run your business. That's fascinating. So, um, so, are they looking at the activity that's associated? I mean, I'm guessing that would be like revenue and taxes that's associated with that tax ID number? So, no. So, your revenue 
will come into play if you're looking for funding just right off the bat, right? So let's say you're uh -huh. just trying to get a loan, then your revenue will come into play then. But for those businesses that don't have any cash flow, that you know you don't have any revenue coming in, you don't have any collateral, and you don't have great credit, right? Those are the three C's to lending. So if you don't have any of those, then business credit is the alternative. So you want to start building, you know, an established credit history in your business name, so that when you do try to get access to credit, they'll see that you have this history with vendors and um, revolving credit cards, right? And then they can see that history and say, okay, they pay their bills on time, right? They have all this credit that they have access to, they're paying their bills on time. Yeah, we'll definitely do business with them, right? So they're looking at your established credit history as a business owner. Um, and so there are very specific places you need to apply for business credit because honestly, I would say, it's probably about only 7% of businesses that actually um, offer business credit and report to the business credit reporting agencies. And so that's the important thing. You want to do it with businesses that actually report the account. Because if you have a business account and it doesn't report, then it's not going to help you. Yeah. Uh, the score. So you definitely want to have access to those companies that actually report uh, to the business credit reporting agencies. Okay, so so give me an example of one if you will. Sure. Sure. So when you're just starting out, uh, what a lot of business owners make the mistake of is um, when you first get incorporated, and I get it all the time when I first started, you get that American Express envelope in the mail, right? And they're like, hey, apply for an American Express card. And so a lot of us make the mistake of saying, oh, okay, let me try to get a proof of this. And two things will happen. Either you get denied because um, you don't have any business credit. And then two, either you get approved, but you used your personal credit, you used your personal social security number, and so you secured it personally, right? So even though it may not show up on your credit reports right away, um, it's still attached to your social security number. So you don't want to make that mistake, right? So what you want to do is start with vendor credit. That's the starter accounts in the business credit world. And so vendor credit examples would be like Quill Office Supply. You can order your office supplies online and get it shipped to you. And that is a vendor that actually reports to the business credit reporting agencies. So instead of going down the street to Staples or Office Depot, you purchase your supplies at this vendor site and you get your supplies and you start building business credit. So that is one example of your starter accounts that you can know for sure they're gonna approve you just because you have your EIN and your register with 411 and um, you can start there and build a credit profile within 60 to 90 days, honestly. Wow, really? Mm -hmm. So it works a lot faster than personal yeah. credit. You know, personal credit world, you gotta pay attention to those five factors. You gotta um, you know, work at it years and years and years. Um, business credit, you can build a complete credit profile and score within six months. Um, get established wow. within the first 60 to 90 days, and then you know, your business can be fundable. Okay, and then share like some tips for someone who's never applied for a business loan but wants to get some funding for their business. So, so they do this thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like they, they establish credit with, with a company like Quill that mm -hmm. reports. Mm -hmm. It's a year down the road, mm -hmm. um, so they've established you know, good credit, and now they want to uh, get some funding for some sort of growth. Yeah, it'll be very easy at that point. Um, so the goal is to reach 
an 80 paydex score. So like with Dun & Bradstreet is one of the largest credit reporting agencies for business. And so you wanna reach an 80 paydex score or higher. So they range is between zero to 100. And so if you reach an 80, that, that lets them know you pay your bills on time and you're credible. Um, you wanna reach about a 90 or higher with Equifax and then about a 76 or higher with Experian. So when your scores are in that range and you're ready for funding and you have an established business credit history because you've walked through all of the steps, you, you make sure your business was set up lendably, um, you started with your vendor credit accounts, then you got revolving credit and now you have your cash credit cards with high limits. Now you're ready to, to go out there and get funding. And at that time, honestly, banks are throwing money at you because they know that the small businesses is what's really bringing in revenue and, and really making the world go round. So they're happy to really loan you money as a business owner, 10 times the amount you would get in the personal side. So it, it really is a matter of just establishing that credit history, having that great score with your on-time payment history, and then um, being able to get those loans and, and funding. So once you have that established history, it's a lot easier. So the reason why you're getting denied on the front end is because you don't have the established history, right? So what they're right. doing is they're going online, they're researching your company, they're looking at your credit history. If you don't have you know, a social media presence or a website, to learn what services you provide and how clients can get in contact with you, you know, that can be a denial, right? That can be something that they deny you over. And so without knowing those, those checkpoints that they're looking for, it's really hard to determine whether you'll get approved or not. But there are certain fundability requirements and checkpoints that they're looking for for you to meet in order to get approved. So you want to be sure that your business is set up the right way initially and meet those credibility checkpoints to begin with. So that when you fill out an application, you know that when they do go researching your company for those things, that you meet them before you uh, fill out the application. I see. Mm -hmm. So, right, you're, you're trying to show them that, that you're viable and you're mm -hmm. credible. and Yeah, they want to know that you're not just somebody in your mom's basement, you know, trying to run a basement of a business. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. And, and, right, and there really isn't. And so you can be, right? And so everyone starts yeah. somewhere, right? Like we all don't start businesses with an office space and, you know, staff and right. everything. So we all start somewhere, to, to be honest. Like, you know, some of us meet clients at Starbucks, right? So it's very much right. okay. However, the lender's perception is what matters, right? And so ah. you just want the perception of the business to look a certain way for the, the credibility and the lending part, right? And so it's just yeah. a matter of meeting those checkpoints and it's very easy to do um, once you know those steps, like having a website, having a business phone number and not using your cell phone number, being registered with 411, right? Being, you know, having an incorporation, or a LLC or a corporation, that's what legally separates you from the business. Making sure you have your EIN, making sure you have a business bank account, right? Those are the things that make your business look credible. So, you know, it's not a matter of, you know, do you really have an office space or not? It's just how does a business look when we go on Google and research your business? That's it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Th this is really, I, I really appreciate this information um, because I, I think it makes it um, more doable. 
mm-hmm. and uh, you, you know, I, I mean, because I, I think a lot of people hang out there and think. Uh, some people think they want to go get funding w- when they have no track record, no history. They they mm-hmm. haven't started a business, they haven't engaged in any business, and they and they don't want to commit any of their own money. Mm-hmm. And then there are other people who they're really doing all the right things. They just don't know what those things are, and then how to maximize them and and use them to their advantage. Exactly. Exactly. And that's where a lot of us fall, you know, as business owners. Um, But it's just not talked about enough. You know, there's not a lot of information out there. And that's really where, you know, everything kind of falls short. Like if you just don't have the knowledge, you don't know what to do. So you may hear about certain things and you may want to accomplish certain things. But without that knowledge or the education about that subject matter, then you're just going to be stuck. And then, like you said, just you know, going about it the wrong way. And then sometimes when you try it, if you don't know the right steps, the problem is you get denied and then you just throw your hands up and you say it doesn't work. So same thing, you know, with your personal credit, you may have tried something in the past, right? You may have tried to dispute something online and, you know, maybe you wrote a letter, but you didn't say the right thing. And so you didn't get the results you were looking for. So you just throw your hands up and say, hey, it doesn't work and you give up. And that's what they want you to do. They want you to give up. But, um, and then even certain businesses, they don't advertise that they offer business credit. It's up to you to know it and then, you know, go get it. So it's not advertised because, you know, if you think about it, 95% of people are willing to secure, you know, these type of loans and this type of credit. So why would they tell you no? Why would they tell you, oh no, leave your social security number off the application, right? And it's something as small as that leaving your social security number off the credit application so your personal credit isn't pulled. And just by knowing that, that helps you so much. But they're not going to tell you that because, you know, if you're willing to, to personally guarantee it, then why not, you know? Sure, right. Just, right, so, right. Yeah, it's so it's not advertised. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, you want to know that, you know, you, you can protect your assets and limit your liability and conserve your cash flow and all that stuff and prevent you from ruining your personal credit even further um, by not attaching it to your social security number. And so that's why business credit is so powerful because it allows you to do all those things, build your business, get access to credit, you know, for supplies or equipment or, you know, marketing, you know, whatever you need it for um, without having to max out your credit cards and use all of your savings. And then, you know, the business doesn't thrive. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. This is so great. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing this information. Oh, you're so uh, awesome. with, with the listeners. Yeah, it's really great. Will you tell them how they can find you and and you know what you've got going on, please? Yes, definitely, definitely. So I actually have a private Facebook group where I share free tips, tricks, tools, strategies on personal and business credit all day, every day. So you can join me there at the First Class Credit Society. And you can also uh, sign up for a free guide. So if you're looking for a free guide with tips on how to grow your credit score or how to build business credit, you can text 240-334-7670 and get your free guide. And yeah, so my uh, Instagram page was recently hacked, so I can't give that out right now, but (laughs) um, you can definitely hop on into the Facebook group and we, we teach classes all the time, free trainings and um, tools and strategies to help you along your, your business um, journey, as well as your personal credit building journey as well. That's terrific. Thank you. Again, I, I really appreciate that. And listeners, 
boy, I hope you were taking notes. And you can always listen to the episode again. It's not like it goes away. Uh, but some really valuable information here. Uh, and I would also like to thank our sponsor, audible.com. To get your free trial of audible.com as well as a free audio book, go to audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth to sign up. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, I think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. (laughs) (laughs) Right.